This episode of the Inside Running Podcast is powered by Lululemon. With 44 stores across Australia and New Zealand, you can shop the latest range either in-store or online at lululemon.com.au to find your well-being. Episode number 316 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us for another week. Uh, it's a big show. Not a lot happening, but there's enough happening to get us through the next, I'm going to say, 60, 70 minutes. And then uh, you're going to be treated with Viv and Bree doing a product review. Thanks to Lululemon. Got a listener question in there. Moose on the loose. I'm thinking, Moose, we might have to address a bit of a nerve we hit last week with our GPS running watches. Got uh, maybe some Australian record news with Izzy Bat Doyle over in the Netherlands. Bit of a preview of some things coming up. A few states at their 5K champs and all the other stuff that you expect to hear on this show each and every week. Welcome to the 217 man. He's been uh, breaking, podcasting, streaming, whatever you do the last uh, couple of days after his Inside the Mind episode. Bradley Croker, how are you this week? Good, thank you, Brady. How are you? Good, thanks. As I catch a breath, that was a big introduction. My other co-host, the uh, 214 man down at the Surf Coast Track Club. The big dog down there, Julian Spence. How are you? I'm all right. I was um, I was talking to Christian today, actually. I heard he, that 90-minute yeah. interview, wasn't it? He did an interview with me, and he said, "You have to listen to the Brad Croker interview." <laughs> and I said, "Oh, really?" Mm-hmm. And he goes, "Oh, the man is—he is a dark man." Not <laughs> <laughs> about dark man. I'm just uh, just doing my bit for men's health and uh just trying to be as honest as i can be <laughs> well he told me i need to listen but i didn't get a chance to listen so one day i'll listen croaks and then i'll um i might i might change my um my uh perceptions of you this interview you've got to listen to him even toby wrote in toby's like a great listen with croaks Toby wrote in. Yeah, I'll learn more. I've been doing this for six years. Well, I've never. I said this on the introduction of the episode that went out today, the Ben Buckingham one. I reckon I've done, what, 314 or 15 of these, 100 Tell Me Your Tales, and never have the has the inbox and the response from the audience been as big as that episode with Croaks. Oh, gee, I'm going to have to listen tomorrow morning then. Hit home. Hit home. I think because you're just used to hearing Croaks in a certain way for six years, and then you hear this stuff, and you're like, oh, just... Yet to know more about him. Mm. Well, it's certainly the first time I've ever spoken about it, other than maybe with Viv. Um, yeah, so anyway, yeah, <laughs> it go, is what it is. <laughs> go check that episode anyway. How you been, Moose? What's happening down the surf coast? Um, I had a bit of a down week, actually. I had a planned down week, but I ended up needing it because I had a bit of a knee niggle coming off that long run. Well, not maybe not... The long run played a part, but I think I just pushed the um, the training a little too much. So I, uh, I appreciated having less running that I that I, I did last week, and hopefully getting back on track now. Okay, it's a bit yeah. of a concern. 
Nah, mm. not a concern. I've got a fuck knee, mate. You know that. Yeah, but you like, haven't mentioned it for like two months. Talking yeah, about the skyscrapers last week, they're, they're, they're impressive. Well, this week we'll drop off 80, maybe 80, I don't know, 80K or something. 96. No, that includes my bike ride. Oh, okay. So I, yeah, it's, I think it was about 87. But, yeah, less running, it's okay. I needed it. We'll see how we go. Like, I'm back in the gym. You know one, You know how I said a couple of, I'm going to say it's like three to four weeks ago I said, got to got to stop the gym work it's beating me up too much mm, on a well, sunday yeah i reckon i well no just in general like i was always sore i reckon i stopped it and then i really need it in my um in my training week because my my knee starts playing up if i'm not hammering the gym work consistently mm. it, it it the patellofemoral stuff gets a lot of benefit from from gym work and and especially glute and quad strengthening and that's the stuff that i've been avoiding just because i wanted a break from the gym stuff for a while but not good for me do you also think moose like the last month or so like you've had like a couple of like pretty big weekends in terms oh, of you know like say sat- same thing, saturday sessions and you know solid long runs like maybe not so much from the pace point of view but when you factor in the elevation it's it's a solid run and then also when you factor in you know obviously you're climbing these decent sized sort of hills you got got to then come down the other side and you you're moving down the hill at a pretty decent clip which is going to load up your quads and your your knee and that sort of thing yeah yeah i definitely think that hills aren't great for the, for knees either and and we went up some big hills, which meant we went down some big hills. It's probably more the downhill, I reckon, for the knees. That's that's no yeah. good. Yeah, uh, it is. It is. But like you said, if you go up them, you got to come down them. <laughs> yeah. And and so that was the plan this week: avoid the avoid the hills. I didn't really feel it until maybe Thursday, uh, and it wasn't even that bad. I just started to get real stiff. It's not a pain. It's not a sharp pain. Just a real stiff feeling. And I'm not even sure it's the same issue as, as what I generally have, but the chances are that it is. It just, I get a very sore upper calf and lower hamstring right in behind the knee, and it really stiffens up. But I think, I think that's, I think that's just protecting my kneecap a little bit. Like I'm just working my, um, I'm working my muscles really differently to avoid, like full extension on the knee, and yeah. I've started walking around the place backwards just so I don't load it up as much. Okay. Like down the, so, down the stairs. Are you going to be right for sessions this week? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I ran twice today. Didn't really feel my knee at all. Um, I ran 90 minutes yesterday. Felt it maybe the last 10 minutes, but not that sore. And I'm not sure that it's worse running fast than easy because I, I felt fine on Saturday during a faster workout. It's. I'm just. Re- I'm like. I'm. I'm more worried about the past rather than the present right now. Like I'm worried that I um because it's turned bad on me in the past rather than me feeling it now. I'm going. Oh, it's really sore. I'm just. I have memories of last March, which is now a long time ago. That's, and 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 last March is is like, fuck. It's nearly two years ago. But I had that that flare up, um, and that's the one that I'm worried about. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll take us through your Monday to Sunday. I think it was last March. It wasn't this March, was it? It's last March. Yeah. Asaka time. 
Oh, yeah. No, yeah, it was last March. So, fuck, that's a long time ago. still remember it, though. Oh, when you had surgery, you mean? Yeah, no, no, when I had the flare-up, when I had the bone stress because um, the knee flared up. Anyway, forget it. It's a long time ago, but it's, you know, it, it's scaring me that that could happen again. On the Monday, I ran 45 minutes just around uh, Anglesey, ran down on the beach for a bit. It was fairly nice. Uh, one run a week this week, so planned down week for me was going back to singles only. Uh, Tuesday, ran on the trails for an hour, ran past a bloody bush, and then my legs started stinging, and I looked down, there was a fucking ant on there. And it was one of those skippy. You get skippies in Canberra, Crooks? Skippies? Skipjacks. Uh, what do they look like? They're like black with a little yellow, like little yellow nippers. Mm, nah. Bull ants. Is that, are yeah. they red or are they black? Mm, I have a look. I reckon skippies are like the real stingy ones. You get them, know. Brady? Mm, my ant knowledge isn't great, to be honest. <laughs> really? I don't know. Yeah. Fuck. Skippies I mean, is like the most. Oh. Yeah, no, the ones no we get. for skippies. The ones we get here are like. Uh, Black tail and brown, they're brown, but they got like good, good nippers on the front. If they get hold of you, that hurt. You would have bull ants down there as well. Yeah, the we got jack bull ants. jumper. Yeah. They call yeah. them the jack jumper. Oh, yeah, they named a basketball team after them, didn't they? In Tassie. Those are stump jumpers, isn't it? No, I'm pretty sure it's jack jumpers. I've never heard of it being called the jack jumper. I'm googling. Well, that was now. called the skip jack. We call them skippies here. This is crazy. And yeah, then there's the Tasmanian red... jack jumpers. Then the red jack uh-huh. jumper. They're the real big fuckers. What's a what's a bull ant then? Don't, you... I don't know. I don't, I've never heard of skippies, but I've heard of bull ants. There you go. Skippies. Well, the is a bull ant looks like the same sort of thing, but yeah, the, just a different color. I thought you got bitten by a kangaroo by this title when I first read it. <laughs> yeah, I I just thought the whole of Australia knew what a skippy was. Yeah, well, that's like when the whole of Australia should know who Vicar and Linda are, mate. <laughs> oh, oh, mate, we'll get we'll get to that. No one. Has it been embarrassing seven days for you boys? Massive you know fan. People said no one knows who that band is. <laughs> me, he said Brady is tripping. <laughs> anyway, I said this looks like a penis, but I can't see it really. Maybe I'm looking at it wrong. Yeah, the what right, you... right hand side. I can see it. What the? Oh, going just down that... Harvey Street. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it actually does. And when you look at it, which which angle am I supposed to look at it from? Ah, uh, let's just move on. This is the <laughs> radio. Um, I went and did a workout on Tuesday morning. So this was twenty by four hundred at seventy ones to seventy fours is what it came out as. I wanted to start at seventy fours, kind of get down to seventy twos. So. It was a threshold type workout for me, 45 seconds rest. This was one of the easiest workouts I've done in ages. Uh, just it felt comfortable. I didn't feel at any time under pressure to push to hit splits. I ran with Kieran. He did 15 of these, and we alternated reps. The second lot of five I did going the other way. So in reverse on the track. Uh, yeah, the, the goal was to get some faster running in, but I didn't want anything more than a threshold type workout. And so I, I ran about what three, what's that, two fifty 
sevens to to three oh fives. So I haven't run that fast very often, and and I thought this was a safe way to do it. Actually, going to give this to a lot more of my athletes. I liked it. You get a, two lots of benefit. You get the threshold sort of stuff, eight k worth of of training, and shorter rest, but you get to run fast as well. You also get the mental benefit of doing times twenty. Oh, even, it's pretty easy when I you've know, got someone with you. But even though it's four hundred hard solo. Even though it's only 400, you still have to like concentrate to like turn on 20 times. Yeah. Well, it's so much easier with someone else. Yeah. Like you only have to turn on 10 times really. And, and, and even those 10, you kind of look forward to being the one in charge. Mm. So I, I felt, I found this was really easy. I wouldn't do this in two sets of 10 with like just 30 seconds recovery and then have a couple of minutes in between. Yeah. You got to make sure you don't get carried away in it though. Because you could have blasted it quicker than this. Yeah, you could have, but there wasn't the point. Purpose, yeah. 30 seconds could have worked. I reckon the last five, you'd, you'd start you'd start noticing that. Your heart rate wouldn't drop enough. Mm. And even it was a good sort of exercise in looking to see what your heart rate does over the course of the, um, the reps. So if you sort of click on my heart rate, you can see at the very start, it drops down to 110 after the first rest but at the very end it only drops down to 128 um so it 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 changes throughout the the workout and the very peak like at the very highest it got to 175 beats which is basically at my upper end of threshold i think um so yeah it's not a taxing workout um i ran the next morning, 45 minutes around home. This is when I did probably feel my knee for the first time. And so I decided to take the next day off, which was Friday, and then ran on. I, I went for a bike ride instead. So I took Theo out. He was rocking around the single track. The bike's pretty cool because you can get places a little further and and you can sneak up on stuff. So there was a few times we turned around these little single tracks and there's like an animal just sitting in front of the trail. So it was a wallaby and one just staring at us. And then probably about 10 minutes later, I turned around and there was like a, a fox with her little pup. And the I think it's a pup for a fox. Am I right? Mm, it's similar. not a cub. We're, similar with my ant knowledge on not this a one. Ki- we're not, we're real not David a Attenborough tonight, yeah. aren't we, Moose? Well, I'm going to say it was a pup. And it was like Theo, he just raced after it, chasing it. And it, um, it was like bouncing along. It wasn't really running. It was like going up and down. It was, it was pretty funny. It was the cutest little thing ever. I really didn't want him to catch it. And then his mum started to go crazy, like shrieking. Um, and so Theo took off after the mum once it started to make a racket. And the other one was just, the baby one was just kind of hanging out near me, waiting for the mum to come back. So it was, it was all a bit wild out there. Anyway, it, I'm not the best on a mountain bike, by the way. Had a few little tumbles. Did a workout with Kieran on Saturday morning. It was five by six minutes with 75 seconds rest. We ran a, mainly on a um, on the the road, like the asphalt part of this loop, because the the roads are turning to shit down here. They're getting real sandy. We haven't had enough rain. There's a lot of corrugations. 
and they're getting very skatey underfoot, so not a very comfortable um, surface to run on. I, uh, the first rep felt faster than what it was. It was just, I think, what happens with the first reps for my workouts, but it was 3.22, and then I felt comfortable. I ran 3.13 pace, 3.10 pace, 3.15, and 3.12, all in the good heart rate. Um, so the, 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 like the workout went really well. It kind of showed that I am... Um, like that I'm, I'm coming into some fitness because I couldn't, I don't reckon I could have done this workout a few weeks ago. I was happy with that. Probably could have done six, but I thought I'd look after the knee. And then Sunday morning, the, the, the plan was you've got to run, got to run flat for this run and it was only going to be 90 minutes. So that was always the plan. We've had three big weeks in the hills and so I thought let's take the group on a flat run. And so we ran out from the chocolate factory, out and back, uh, pretty cruisy, 20K. So 87 or something, lower than what I thought it would be. But if I added another 12K run like I was planning for the Friday instead of taking it off, it would have been 100. And that's kind of what I was going to aim at anyway. So even though it's 90, like you guys really take the foot off the gas as well, pace-wise? Yeah, yeah, we did, and it was flat. Mm, that's that why I'm looking like, at this pace, and I'm looking at the like you guys have been averaging. Have you been averaging like four fifteens, four twenties for like yeah. six hundred meters? Yeah, it it was a totally different vibe to the run, and you can see my heart rate was 125 average, and the heart rate of my normal run of a Sunday is 143, 145, so 20 beats per minute lower for this run um, and I think I felt so like I felt really good today and it will help me for this next week when I start building up the mileage again and, and, and putting some bigger workouts in yeah smart howdy hey croaks what have you been doing uh yeah so Tuesday was my first run of the week um we're out to the thoroughbred park for some three minute reps the old bread and butter session um yes yeah, so I ran most of these reps with Jack uh let me just go through them uh, yeah, basically my slowest was 3.24 pace and my fastest was 3.21. Um, just taking a minute jog recovery, so probably about like five minute Ks for the for the jog. Um, yeah, this felt really comfortable. Um, yeah, none of the reps I felt like I was really overworking. Um, could have done quite a few more. Um, so that was uh, yeah, that was Tuesday. Wednesday got out for be an hour. Listened to a bit of Vicar and Linda Brady. So I did actually know them, like their most popular song, When Will You Fall For Me? And uh, I've played it a fair few times throughout the week. So thank um, you, folks. Yeah, I do remember it because I, you know, that was probably hit what mid 90s or something like that. So um, yeah, fan now of that song anyway. That's good. So yes, I did an hour out at Mulligan's 423 per kilometer average. Then on Friday uh, was my next run. So most of the group had a sort of pyramid fartlek session of like a one, one minute, two minute, three minute, four minute, three minute, two minute, one minute with a minute float. Um, but Jack's running the ACT 3K champs this weekend. And so I wanted him to do just one minute on one minute float session times 10. So like just a little bit sort of higher intensity um, and he was the only one that was doing that one, so I, I thought I'd, um, I thought I'd jump in with him. Uh, yeah, so this actually went pretty well. So it was. Just, with, hold on a second. Yeah. yeah. Was that 
an old school home phone ringing in the background? I thought that was you, Moose. No, it was me. It's, well, it's I've had it's an iPhone. I don't know how old it is. It's oh, pretty old. I thought you had one of the old phones, the like wall. the old like put your finger in and you oh, no. roll it around. <laughs> nah, nah. Mum and Dad still do have a landline though. Back at home, I was home on the weekend, and they still have a, a landline. Oh, yeah, um, not many of them getting around anymore. Nah, nah. So anyway, yeah, our session was 10 by a minute on, minute float. Um, it was a headwind on the way out, tailwind on the way back. And uh, I sort of, probably from halfway through the session, I, I didn't even bother really looking at the paces. I just ran pretty solid for the one minute on and it just backed off enough to feel like I was recovering. And so the, the paces fluctuated a little bit. Um, so like my slowest rep would have been like 315 kilometer pace and my fastest was the last rep at 258 pace, uh, floats were probably averaging around three forties. Um, yes, I think I averaged maybe three Oh sixes for the ons and three forties for the floats. And so, uh, overall I got just under six K 5.96 at three twenty ones, which, um, yeah, like that would have been the fastest five K of, of run since, um, since having surgery and I guess being diagnosed with this um, heart condition. So that was, that was promising. Cause I reckon based off that, yeah, I'd be able to run like 16 minutes for 5k. Cause I would have went, I would have gone through 5k in about 1640. Um, yeah. I was de- definitely working the last couple of reps as you sort of do in that session. But up until then I felt, felt pretty comfortable. Um, yeah. Then up after that session, we headed down to the coast for the weekend. So Saturday morning, I just ran from home um, along sort of the, uh, well, I guess the was it path along Mollymook Beach. Um, so that was just 30 minutes, 7.3k at 409s. I um, I love I love Mollymook. It's where I grew up, but the running is just shit. It's just all all road. Um, like the hills don't bother me. It's more just it's really just uninspiring like other than the ocean it's uh yeah i I don't really enjoy it um which to the point was when we're down there about a month ago i didn't do my sunday long run down there i waited till we got home that afternoon and went out but this time around i did get out um sunday morning uh on one of sort of my old loops that i used to do down there so another 90 minute run 410 average um 21.6k for yeah another week of 73k nice croaks 300 meters of climbing in there as well over 90 minutes yeah yeah like it's, de- it's definitely a hilly uh like it's a hilly place um Ulladulla, but uh yeah no it's, it was good enough gotta get you paying for strava so we can see your gap pace and your uh, weather that kind of stuff yeah oh, it's not yeah like 306 it's yeah it's not too bad it's more the like compared to mulligans like we probably do similar elevation but I'd say the hills are a bit steeper in Ulladulla. So Mulligans is just constantly sort of just rolling, but you can run up them all pretty quickly, whereas there's a couple of sort of um, sharper pinches down in in Ulladulla. Yeah, right. You Um, still think that you wouldn't break 16 for 5K? No, I think I'd – yeah, look, put me on a track in a pair of, like, super shoes, and um, I reckon I'd be able to go under 16. Shoes would do it for you. Shoes would do it for me, but not by not by a whole heap. What do you wear in that workout these days? Was that sorry? What are you training in these days? Shoes. Yeah. Um. So I've been doing a lot in the next percent too. Actually, been pretty much doing all my sessions in the next percent too. Really? See, I ha- I have no love for that shoe whatsoever. 
Yeah, I know what you mean. Like compared to the first version, I yeah, for me they feel a bit more like a traditional flat in a way. Like I don't yeah. feel like I get that. Like the first version, the foam in it, you went, oh yeah, I'm getting some good bounce out of this foam. Whereas that one, yeah, it's it's a fair bit harder and um, yeah, but I like it. You know, compared to the Alpha Fly, for the sessions that I'm doing at the moment, like. You know, I'm running too fast for the Alpha Fly to be any use. I feel like it, that would just be too clunky in all these sessions that I'm doing. Um, and so it'd be either that or I was going to pull the Zebras out for a bit of a session. I might actually use them in the next week. Oh, mm. yeah. Getting yeah. those again. Yeah, because they're probably the – yeah, that would be my – yeah, that would be my next pick for, for shorter sessions. Yeah. You done much in them? Uh, no, I've run twice. I've done two or three sessions in them. Um, cause I've got a pair of, like the ASICs ones don't, I don't, they don't agree with me. Like, yeah, like I've got a pair of the Sky Plus or whatever. Yeah. But I've never, I don't know, like I've never felt smooth in them. Um, yeah. and I've never felt like I've got a lot back from the ground. Yeah, me either. I haven't really loved them either. Yeah. I, I've put them away. Yeah. Um, People that seem to wear them love them, though, don't they? Love or hate kind of shoe. Are they the ones that get paid by ASICs? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> well, you haven't really run in them either, have you, have you, Brady? No, I've never got a pair. I got the um, – the, I've I've only had the Edge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But still, like, the they're, they're, mu they're, they're much of a muchness. Like, they're still, like, a super shoe. Like, I wouldn't say they're, they're oh, that I different. I don't know if the first iteration of the Edge was that super. The very like we first got... bottle, that Meta Meta Racer, oh. wasn't. No, that was terrible. But I, th um, I thought that caught up a bit though. Yeah, but we you got the edge when we got the Sky, so it was the yeah. same. It was the, the same period. The, the Sky is the one they all race in, that, isn't it? Like Izzy Bat Doyle or Sarah Hall. Or... Yeah, most of them. Do. Yeah, but Moose, would you say there's a big difference in them? I uh, I honestly never got the Edge Plus, and when I had the Edge in the Sky in store, I actually did notice a bit of a difference. Okay, I yeah. felt like the Edge was really quite flat under the forefoot. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the, the Scott in the first version of them, the Sky provided more back to me than the Edge did. But the second version, we never got the Edge, and I never put one on. But the third, we've actually like it's conference time, boys, this week. So mm -hmm. I'm starting to see all the ranges, and I just saw the some some future product from Asics in the racing range, and um, yeah, interesting. Because what I find interesting is, I don't think one company has has nailed the whole market so like if i had to choose my favorite jogging shoes at the moment it would be asics followed by on or asics and on would be my two favorite in terms of the super blast and the cloud monster in terms of just going out for long runs um but i wouldn't race in either of those uh on the road yeah that's because you haven't have you tried the on racing shoe yet no, I haven't, but, yeah. but I, I think I, I don't think one company has nailed the whole running no. market range. Yeah. No, but they, they very rarely do. It, like that, that is maybe one season where it's happened. Uh, and I'm trying to think of the brand that may have done it. And it was probably, oh, look, I can't even think of a brand that's ever nailed stability, neutral, lightweight trainer, racing shoe. These days, it's easier to nail, I think, because um, most people are wearing neutral shoes only. 
So I think there's a chance, like On haven't nailed it with their current super shoe. Like I don't think a lot of people wear that. And, and when you compare it, it's quite harsh underfoot. It's not going to be a marathoning shoe for most people. But I, I think they're going to bring some stuff out. And I reckon ASICS, ASICS has a lot of strong stuff right now in the training area. Mm. And they, from what I've seen, I'm pretty excited by the race product that I saw the other day. Okay. Interesting. I'm going to whip through this week, fellas, because we've got some other stuff to talk about. Monday, 14K, 4.41, 6K in the afternoon, 8 by 15 second hills as well. Just my real basic Mondays um, in between the workout and the uh, long run on the Sunday. Tuesday, went to the grass track. Um, don't usually do track on the Tuesday morning, but uh, Nath Pierce, he was coming to Echuca on the Thursday and wanted to do a threshold workout. So I moved my week around a bit to suit him to have a training partner. So I went and did some 600-meter repeats moose after we spoke about 600 meters a couple of weeks ago and how much harder they are than 400 meters. Um, you know those days when you just can't get rolling on the warm-up? Like my warm-up average was 440. Had a terrible night's sleep on the Monday. Just was like, just just not happy just to be what on the What time was it? I think I started my warm up at six, maybe. Maybe workout was yeah. Workout started at six forty, like pretty grim grass track. Six forty a.m. The sun is getting long, up. Long warm up. Uh, six oh eight. I started the warm up. Oh, I put the cones out on the track and do some strides and all those kind of things. Um, once I got rolling, though, it was okay. I enjoyed it. I did six by no eight by six hundred off two hundred meters jog. So I kind of made it yeah jog around to make every set um, 800 meters, and then I changed into some spikes and did some 200s, was kind of going through the 600s in 69, 70 um, for a 146 average, and then the twos were in like 33 off 100 meters jog between those, so yeah, it was nice in the end, it was, you know when you're sometimes dreading the warm-up, and then you get there and it's it's nothing to even worry about, uh, got out for a double in the afternoon at 4.43 pace for 7k, Wednesday, so I just did an hour and five minutes at 4.37 pace because I was going into the workout on the Thursday. can't remember the last time I did a workout Tuesday, Thursday. I was a bit concerned about that too, how my legs would bounce back. But um, I'll tell you what, having a training partner has to be one of the most beneficial like training advantages, performance enhancers getting around. I don't think I've done a workout of anyone since like May. I think I worked out. And just to have someone to share reps with and just sit in and not have to worry about looking at pace and stuff and just, I just enjoyed it like immensely having someone to train with. I forgot forgot what it was like. Well, so you train with Archie all the time. No, nah, but he's got too quick for me now. He's up at Falls Creek. And when I was doing the Gold Coast prep, he was kind of um, doing different stuff. So, yeah, um, it had been a while since I'd done a workout with someone at similar ability. So, Nathan and I did mile reps at about 3.15 pace, off 90 seconds jog. Wore the um, the Coros strap for the first time, Moose, to get some heart rate data, which was good. And even just what like... What do you think? Yeah, it was accurate. It, it was, you know, you can just see, um, like, he didn't jump around, which is exactly the problem I've had in the past with some of the chest straps when you look down and you're like, there's no way, you know, I'm warming up and it says 170, or then you're doing workouts and it says 130, whereas this was just right on that... 160, 164 kind of um, range that I'd expect it to be and, and just stayed in the right spot. So I'm pretty comfortable as well. 
So um, that yeah. was good. So we just took, and we just, yeah, took a mile each, and then the next person led the whole complete next mile, and we just sat in it behind each other. And, yeah, it was just a very enjoyable workout. Um, then in the Arvo, we got out for 7.5K at 4.34s. Friday was easy, 60 minutes at 4.39 pace, and then 7.5K in the afternoon at 4.40s. And then Saturday, I did my long run because I'd kind of worked out on the Thursday I was kind of right to do the longie on the Saturday, and because I'm going to Bendigo tomorrow night, which will be Tuesday, for a bit of a, uh, yeah, I'm going to say it's a race, but a bit of a hit out, not really focus on the race, and I'll do a bit of a workout afterwards, I thought having the extra 24 hours going into Tuesday would uh, be good as well. So got out on the hills, did our 34k at 405s, I reckon my heart rate, this was interesting actually, wearing a long run for the heart rate, for the, um, like I rarely put a heart rate monitor on here so is 145 i reckon that a bit too high you reckon should i be backing off a bit am i doing these long runs too hard mm, i think oh. that i don't know i think that's all right that's if you, right well what, what'd you get up to like were you real high towards the end uh, i got to about 22 degrees towards the end well i went up a like there was pretty hilly towards the end um like yeah i'm trying to think one of the hills i reckon i was 160 mm-hmm Going up That's, a um, 162, up a hill. Everyone's heart rate's different. Some people will run super easy at 160 beats. Yeah. Some people, 140 will be quite taxing. So it, no one can answer that when you ask, is 140 all right for me? Like, without seeing all your other data. Oh, yeah. Well, considering, like, I was running 310 pace at 160 for the workout. What's your threshold heart rate? You... Oh, I got it done years and years ago. But I, I thought think... you got it done with that... Um, nutrition study yeah i did that was 2017 i reckon 2018 oh, really? yeah oh, yep. yeah it was when i went and did that nobioka marathon so what was the threshold heart rate then i reckon it was like 163 to 170 or something like that let me look it up i'll tell you i don't know if i'll be able to find it off the top of my head actually but yeah, yeah it's right. around about i try to sit around that 160 to 165 when i'm doing the the threshold workouts um so yeah, it was good to knock that over on Saturday, freeze up the weekend a bit, and then Sunday got out for, what was it, maybe 16k in the morning, 4.37s, and then 6k in the afternoon at 4.31s, got that uh, course record, boys, on that hill I was talking about a couple of weeks ago, remember that one? Yeah, yeah. well done, mate. Thank you, stood since 2014, I was stoked over that, 283rd time I've gone over that hill. Send the bloke a message? Nah, nah. No way. I'll just, no, he'll, just, he'll just get an email. I've got so much respect for, for Gary Norman, Peter Norman's son, silver medalist at the Mexico Olympics. It'd be like trying to, I was thinking about it today, it'd be like trying to like take a title off Mike Tyson's son or Muhammad Ali or something like that if you're into boxing. I was pretty stoked to get that one, fellas. Pretty stoked. Just never give up on your dreams. Week of 163. Um, yeah, it was good. Another good week. Guess who's coming on my long run this week, Croaks? Meet me down in the paddocks of, uh, where are we calling this? Maybe Karop, maybe Colburn Abbott. Don't have to do uh, it solo. Have a guess. Uh, I don't know. Your boy, Nate? Nate no, Stoke? A bigger name than that. Olympian. Mm. You know, Moose? Which, which Olympics? Tokyo. Just gone. Do I know what? Do you know who's coming? Bucks? No, no, no. Think closer to home. Think closer to home. Coming to Echuca? Yeah, not Echuca. About half an hour from Echuca. 
coming to run some hills down the road from Machuca. Pashley, Ali Pashley, coming down oh, this Pyramid Hill this Sunday morning. Nah, this is where she's from. Joseph's from Pyramid Hill. This is like Colburn Abbott. Big name coming to the long run this week, boys. Yeah. What's the bet? Yeah. Thirty people come out of Bendigo to just conveniently come and do the long run where I've been doing it solo for the last month. I'll give you a tip. Don't get stuck next to her for a long run because she has the worst fucking chat there is. Mate, I'll, that might be just me and her. You, huge... You'll want to find yourself on the other end of that group because <laughs> if you get stuck, she'll chew your ear off about the most boring stuff in the world. It's a huge chance it's just going to be the two of us, I reckon. But I'm looking forward to having some company down there. Get ready to lace up for a cause that matters. More Than a Run, powered by Lululemon, is a hybrid event spanning across Australia and New Zealand, uniting the running community to support men's health. Join as an individual or enter a team with your club or run crew and choose to run the More Than a Run 10K, 30K or 60K on November 25th. For more information on how to get involved, visit morethanarun.com.au. All right, let's talk about some running news. Thanks some patrons before we do that, Croak. So you got? Uh, I've got Samuel Wenlock. Uh, Samuel lives in Wyndham Vale in Victoria has run 18.51 at the Wyndham Vale Park Run, 79 minutes at this year's Sandy Point Half Marathon and 3.02 at last year's Melbourne Marathon. Uh, I think he might play for the Wyndham Vale Falcons, play footy that is, um, just based on he follows or he's part of the pre-season training Strava group for the Wyndham Vale Falcons. So just put two and two together there. So thank you, Samuel. Moving for a footballer, 18.51. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Moose, who you got? Uh, I've got Jared Templer. So Jared Templer, I think he's from Ballarat, but he lives in Padbury, Western Australia. He has the best 5K time of 22.31 at the Joondalup Joondalup Park Run. Um, Lake Joondalup Park Run. Not a lot of activities on Strava lately, but it looks like it was recently in Bali in Noosa Dua. He's a superintendent mine geologist. Mine geologist? Well, he's, uh, his LinkedIn just has superintendent mine geology. Okay, whatever mm. that means. For IGO Limited, an exploration and mining company with a purpose of making a difference. <laughs> making a difference, eh? That's a good mining company. I think he's into the uh, sustainable... The sustainable uh, ah, space. Sustainable coal. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, interesting, Jared Templar. Now, this is my guess because he went to school, St. Patrick's, Ballarat. He may be the cousin of one Nathan Hardigan, previous guest on the show. Ah. And brother of Justin Templar. But their grandfather is a bloke called Len Templar. So Len Templar, was a, he was a coach of men. He played, um, he was like an athletics coach, but he was also a football coach. I reckon he was, a, he was the captain of North Melbourne Football Club. Um, he was born in 1930, but let me just pull up. Like he's actually had quite a, um, he's a really famous character around Ballarat. Uh, especially like, obviously, because running was skillsy, he would um he would come out to our runs, and he would go up like on the top of the um the mountain at Bunnyong and and wait for 
for Skillsy while he did the, the tempo run, and I know that he used to coach him. And yeah, he's a real legend, Lenny Templar. Good insight there, Moose. That's why I gave uh, Jared to you because I yeah. thought you'd uh, have a bit of extra info. Good. It was good from you. There was some statistic though, like oh, he's in the uh, Redan team of the century. But I'm going to say that he won. It was something about Lenny, what he did. Um, it was like some stat, but I can't remember. I'm going to have to come back to you on that. Just on footy stuff, Moose. Did you see that kid I was talking about last year just went number one? Is that tonight, that draft? Yeah, it was at 7 p.m. Oh, I didn't see that. No. They gave Who did he go to? West the, Coast. The Eagles. They, yeah, gave right. him num- they gave him number nine too. Oh, Cousins. Ben Cousins' number, yeah. That's yeah, well, <laughs> stay away from the ice pipe. <laughs> uh, Anthony Hall, I'm going to thank you. From Bristol in the UK, according to the Power of 10 website, he has a PB of 16.46 for 5K, 34.50 for 10K at the 2013 Middlesex 10K and 76.26 at the 2013 Watford Half Marathon and also 2.47 at the 2013 Paris Marathon. What are these PBs back in 2013, Croaks? Mm, Got anything yep. recent? No, no, no. There is PBs. Remember after last week's conversation, we can't talk about True. current season's best. It's like they're your PBs. Yep. Run to Bristol and West and is a regular at the Ashton Court Park Run. I reckon that's pretty hilly, that one too. Could be a design engineer at Rolls-Royce. Jeez, that's a good title's getting around again, isn't there? Well, yeah, I'm not sure of this one. There's a few Anthony Halls from Bristol on LinkedIn, but I'm like, that one's a pretty good one. I'm just going to go with that yeah, one. Give him that one for sure. <laughs> hey, patrons, we've got some big stuff coming soon. We um we got signed off on – can we talk about Road to Osaka yet? Can we do that? Maybe. Why not? Yeah, we can do a bit of that. Well, we've got – no, actually, we can't yet. But there'll be some news coming real soon about that. Um, also, I was thinking, boys, I might catch up with the Road to Gold Coast guys, Tim Vincent and Ed Goddard, because Ed's about to run a marathon. Tim just ran a marathon, so that'd be good to catch up with them. Early access, uh, heaps of bonus content coming at you over the next couple of weeks or so. Let's go to runner news. Hey, uh, who's blue? Moose, tell us about the Vic 5K champs. This was a good race in the men's. Yeah, it was an interesting race. So the, the group went off. Fairly slowly, um, Sam Clifford from Tassie was obviously over to, to try to run a good time. So he decided, why well, go to Victoria all the way over? May have caught the boat over, who knows, and run slow. So he took off from the pack and put, I'm going to say, at one point, maybe 50 metres on the rest of the pack. Uh, back in the pack, though, you had some quality athletes. So you had Liam Cashin, who smoked up that 3K last week, and... You had DJ Gebra Slassy, you had Harry Norman, uh, Cody Shanahan, all guys that can can run pretty quick. And and the pack ended up catching Sam. I'm gonna say it was probably with about four laps to go, maybe five laps to go. Uh, that's just from memory. And the yeah, it turned into a bit of a kicker's race. So I I had my money on Cody Shanahan because he knows how to finish races really quick and he looks He's pretty graceful when he runs, actually. Um, Harry Norman was the 1500 athlete. He's got a good time in the field there. And I know, like, he he's had a relatively good cross-country season. And his running style, I wouldn't call graceful. 
but he took off and he had the pace and he got the win in 14.13. He probably won the race at about the 300 metres to go mark, but at the 400 metres, he's taken three spots on the inside through the pack. He somehow pushed his way through as he saw, I think it was Liam Cashin went to the front. And yeah, well, he snuck through as well. Deja was the lead, and then he went up the inside, Cashin did, and, and Harry yeah. reacted to that. It was a pretty wild, like, wild bell. No, um, that, that was with two laps to go, not a bell. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah that okay. was with two laps to go. Because they, they ran 2.01 for the last 800, or Harry did. Yeah, wow, that's going all right. And it was pretty slow up until then. If they've run 2.01 and he's run 14.13, that was a pretty slow, pretty mm. slow race. Uh, Sam Clifford got second, 14.14. And Cody Shanahan also 14-14 for third. In the ladies' race, real pedestrian start as well. No one wanted to get on front, do the work, until um, Gemma Maney got to the front. So after Melbourne, she's come back all right, got back on the track, and uh, she she took the pace, I'm going to say, about 2K in, went to the front and started burning it. So she, she didn't get anyone really go with her. So she's run 16.53. Second place was Isabel Hume, who I think was probably chasing her and maybe pulled a bit back towards the end. She ran 16.59, and Piper Gay was third in 17.02. South Australia, they also had their 5,000 metres this weekend. So good comparisons here. Adrian Potter, 14.17, got the win. Um, I didn't watch any of these, so I can't tell you exactly how it went down. Thomas Dowd was second in 14.31. And then third place in what I hear was a great battle out on the track. Aaron Nischke ran 14.37. So the depth not really there over there compared to the men's race for the um, 5,000 metres champs, except in the women, actually very deep. So in the women's race, Caitlin Adams ran 15.57, so nearly a minute quicker than her Victorian counterpart to get the win. And she's beaten Tara Palm, 16.25. And, and Poppy Austin, she's actually a, uh, she's from Hamilton down in Victoria, living over in Adelaide now. She's run 16.56. So she would, have just, she would have finished second in the Victorian race, just off the win there. But she's come third, so a minute behind um, Caitlin. Caitlin just can't stop winning, can she? She keeps putting them together, these Ws. Well, watch, she, didn't, she didn't win Bernie. Watch, watch for her at Zatterbeck. She didn't win Bernie. Yeah, well, she won Noosa Bolt, two in a row, yeah. two in a row. Okay. <laughs> Point of Pinnacle also happened down in Tassie. Um, what is it, 21K? Is it exactly half marathon or a bit further? Maybe no, I think it's a half, yeah, I think it's a half marathon. World's toughest half marathon, all uphill. Aaron Harvey got the win there, 86.23. Michael Sutton was second in 89.03. And friend of the show, Nico Earl, third in 90.38. Millie Clark got the win in the women's off the back of Melbourne Marathon, 142.12. Melanie Daniels second, 143.21. And Emily Burns, 147.09. Must put it on the bucket list to do one here, boys. Mm. Be quite difficult to do, but um, yeah. Sure. Real influencer frenzy over there. You'd love it. Nah. It's surely it's in your contract to go and be influencer over there. Nah, nah, do what I want. Loves the heel too, Moose. Yeah. I'm getting good at heels, boys. Getting I wouldn't mind hills. running that against you, actually. I, I reckon it'd be good. Mate, well, I smoked you on the hills at Bandura. That's the last time we raced hills. I haven't beaten you in a, such a long time. That would be mm. glorious. 
I reckon I'd be fine up those hills. Um, Tim Vincent, this was a huge news over the weekend. So uh, his PB of 217.17 at the Gold Coast Marathon this July, just gone. Because he was the first Queenslander, he got a ticket to the Kobe Marathon over in Japan. He went out and come second and ran 212.05. So taking over five minutes off his PB. You look at his splits on Strava, negative split. I think he ran the last 2K in 6.02. Looked like everything went, um, you know, amazingly for him. And just a huge, like, has Tim Vincent entered the chat now that we'll have in the last week about who can potentially go to Paris? Yeah, well, like, based on his half, like, what's he, like, I know the one that he ran over in Rome was, like, you know, not legal, but, like, that was a super quick time. 61 um, it was, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, like, if you're running 61 for the half, like, I wonder if you that know, counts you, for his points. Let me just have a you, look at that. You could, I reckon it was too long ago. Yeah. Um, but if you're running 61 for the half, like there's no reason that you, you're not going well under two, 210. And it goes to show that like the marathon is a bit of a different event because you know it's hard to nail the first one, which he obviously didn't run in 217. But then you know five minutes is a nice little improvement for his second one. And then I'm guessing his next one. And I'm guessing that course is probably, I don't know, is it super quick? I've never really heard about this marathon before um but you know I, I think now he's the fact that he ran a negative split as well he sort of got his head around how to run the marathon and i'm sure for his next one he'll be looking to go closer to 210 if not under it yeah, yeah. he's he like i i remember copping some some flack from you blokes about being a bit harsh on tim vincent from gold coast this is the exact reason behind like this was the reasoning behind my um comments at the time is because he has this in him and and being satisfied at 217 back then for a bloke this good when he has this under his belt five months later like this is this is what he should be running he he um he's he's not in the conversation for paris at 212 the the qualifying time is what 208 30 or something and and he's not going to wait 10 yeah 208 10 so He's like four minutes off it, um, and I don't think he'll be anywhere near the points that get selected because there's nearly eighty, there's nearly eighty qualified athletes from the entire, like, con- like all the countries eligible for Just the Olympics. Just on times, you mean? Just on times, oh, okay. yeah. So I don't think we're going to be seeing a lot of points athletes find their way to the uh, men's marathon. Uh, I think you're going to have to go run a time for that one. How many did you say again, Moose? Interesting. That have qualified on time. Uh, I, I I think nearly eight. Like it's nearly full. So so someone like Liam, like we thought Liam was almost a lock, even like how many points he's accrued and, and coming so close to the time. You reckon he might miss out? Um, um no. I, there's probably. I'm not sure whether they add more spots after or not or whether they if they fill it with 80 they just take the 80 and they don't do any rankings well i think what they do is if you run the time they'll they'll extend it to like past 80 um but yeah. they're not they're not going to if you yeah if so let's say you've got 90 people that have qualified on time the field will be 90 but there's no way they're adding any for, for point system so the only the only way points will come into play is if they haven't reached their 80 quota so um, Liam's still in fifty seventh. But what about how many have qualified? Well, let me. But you're putting in the three per country rule yeah, there, though. Yeah, three per country. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, he's still there then. Qualified by entry standard. 
So let's say there's... Brett um, Robinson in 40th. Yeah, so we... By entry standard, there's 52. Okay. So there's 52 out of 80 that have already qualified. Yeah. Now, that's before Valencia. That's before London. Seville. Seville is before any of the Japanese Fukuoka. marathons. Yeah, so you would you would assume that people are going to go run some times there, wouldn't you? Mm. Maybe not another 30, but let's say another 15 do. And so all of a sudden you're up to um, 67. You've got 13 spots for points only. Yeah, you're on something there, Moose. Yeah. The good thing for Tim, though, Tim's only 25. So in terms of, like, marathoning, like, he's got, you know, a fair few years ahead of him. So, you know, Paris is probably a long shot, but you'd expect to see him in a fair few more Aussie singlets over the next, you know, five, ten years. Yeah, so Ed Goddard's the one more in trouble now then because he's, like, 74th or something, I reckon, with the points. Oh, these like they're not going to get they're in. Get bumped. Yeah, mm. yeah. They, I don't think you're going to see the the two, twelve to two fourteen guys getting in the marathon. Yeah. Uh, NCAA cross country croaks. Yeah. Did any of you boys see any of this? No, I haven't got around nah, to watching any yet. I think it's it. on YouTube though. Yeah, I didn't see either. But um, yeah, the women's race was won by Parker Valby. Um, she runs for Florida. The best Aussie was Izzy Thornton Bott. Uh, she finished 40th, running for the University of Oregon. Um, NC State won the team's event. I think they won last year as well. They beat NAU by one point. Uh, in the men's, Graham Blanks from Harvard won the men's race. Kai Robinson was the best Aussie in third. And Oklahoma State won the team's competition, beating NAU by 22 points. So, um, yeah, NAU have been pretty dominant the last few years. So they got, got rolled. Um, yeah, and then the only other bit of news was Kip Limo equals the 15K world best record um, over in the Netherlands. Uh, he ran 41.05, which was the same time that um, Cheptegei ran in 2018. Uh, we also had Izzy Fat Doyle in the women's. She finished fourth, uh, which was a new Australian 15k best time so i um looked into this today so they on the world athletics um website you can go to like world rankings and and top lists and they do actually have a 15k event the thing is it needs to be a 15k uh event that they've run in so for example karen mccann holds the australian half marathon record and Karen's average pace for the half marathon is slightly faster than what Izzy ran on the weekend for this. So, but it's the fastest 15k um, by an Aussie. So 48:22 she ran. The previous record was 48:37 by Susie Power. So there's no um, no Aussie record like on the AA record books or anything like that. No, nah, not that I could find. No, nah. the only road running records they have on the AA books is the marathon, the half marathon, 10k road, 5k road, and um, they will add the mile uh, because they're trying to put it in line with like the world uh, road running championships that they had recently, and they had a mile there, so that they are going to hold a, um, I guess, an Aussie road mile championships at some point. Um, but yeah, like good run from Izzy. Like she's obviously fit in the lead up to um, to Valencia. Um, but I find it just I find it weird that you can have like 
a 15k Aussie record or best when somebody's run an extra 6k at a slightly faster pace than that but anyway I guess that's it's all about having the certification at that mark on the course though uh, to make it official do you know what I yeah, mean because Karen reckon... might have done that off a big last 6k kick down yeah. so she might not yeah. have been at 15k quicker than Izzy yeah, but even even for Kip Limo, so like Kip, they've said that like Kip, Le, Kip Limo's equaled the fastest fifteen k time, and he ran so it was fourteen was forty one oh five, but he's gone through fifteen k of a half marathon in forty twenty seven, so yeah. he's gone through what what's that forty nearly forty seconds faster, but it, yeah, but because it was not a fifteen yeah because this is a fifteen k race that's the you know, mm. world's fastest 15K or world best, even though it's not the fastest 15K run. I'd assume they'd have to put a bit of resources into getting those official, because like, every race has them, don't they? You go over the timing mats. Yeah, but yeah. It and must this, be like another hoop you've got to jump through to get it. You know yeah, what I mean? Kip, like Valencia, yeah, for example, he would have ran that half marathon. But I reckon when it says here, Kip Lima recorded a 15K split of 40-27 en route to his half marathon mm. world record in Why Lisbon. Can't that just they, well, they would have. They would have had 5K mats. Yeah, but so why doesn't that just count for the record then? Well, well, I reckon it probably should. It's all Mickey Mouse, and I wouldn't be, And I wouldn't be surprised if Karen went through 15K faster than what Izzy ran um, yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking into it a bit today as well, and I actually saw that Lee Troop had the 30K record um, instead of Brett Robinson because at London one year he went quicker through 30k than what Robbo did at Fukuoka. I didn't okay. think AA had 30k record though. Well, this was on, on what yeah, said. well, this is on Wikipedia, just like a list of Australian records. Wikipedia ain't <laughs> AA. Yeah, yeah, but still. I don't know how I, official I, Wikipedia is. It looks pretty legit on there. Have a look at it next time. Yeah. Um, okay. Have you seen Have you seen some people's Wikipedia pages and what what's been written about them? No, Not, they'd get. Don't this believe one right. everything on a Wikipedia page. Yeah, I don't know. I reckon it gets a bad rap. Uh, let's let's listen to question this week, Bradley. Uh, let's go the one about speed work, um, and it says is speed work overrated for the marathon? And that question comes in from Brett Slater. Good question, Brett. Mm. It's got to be. You kind of have to define speed work here, don't you? Mm. So let's let's give two clear definitions of what people call speed work. So track runners call speed work probably anything 150 meters or less and we're talking proper speed work we're talking like sprint training and then a, say a 10k runner or might call speed work doing 400s at a, at a 3k pace yeah and then then marathoners might call speed work k reps at 10k pace so there's a lot of different definitions floating around for speed work so which one do you want to go with uh Let's go the one with like the. Let's not go the the pure track runners of like 150 meter reps. Like let's go longer than that. I reckon. Let's go half okay. marathon and marathoners. I don't know if they'd call. I don't know if half marathoners and marathoners would call K reps at 10k nah. pace speed work. I would have thought maybe 400s. 400s or 500s, like you know. At what pace? At like 5k 10, maybe 5k pace, 3k 5k pace. Yeah. Like if I was to go run 400 meter reps when I'm training for a marathon and run them in 63 to 65. Oh, you're not, you just said 5k pace. 
three to five k passes. Five k in three k to five k passes. When have you broken eight minutes for three k? Yeah, I probably could do it if I had a good opportunity. Good iron levels. Good no wind on track. Get back to that industrial estate of yours. Doing three k tomorrow night. Refresh your Strava at seven thirty, boys. You better break eight minutes. I'll see if you're sixty. Three second laps. I'll be stoked with sub nine minutes to be honest. You know um, what I mean though, like that kind of like maybe fifteen hundred work, fifteen to three k. That's, that's four minute pace. Fast. I could run that. Right. I think I think that is overrated for the that is overrated so, for the marathon. High risk, very low reward. <laughs> I, I think sessions like what Moose did this week, where he's running like some four hundreds at maybe you know five k pace, slightly exactly. slower off. 45 seconds recovery or 30 seconds recovery i think there's value in that um because often i think people neglect the risk of getting into a marathon block and not doing any speed work whatsoever is that one like the benefit of speed work i think as well is you can become a bit of a more efficient runner and so it helps with that um plus like you just become real sluggish and you become just that one pace if everything you do is slow and marathon pace so i think you definitely be wanting to run faster than marathon pace in a marathon prep you probably don't need to go much faster than 5k pace though it, it gives it gives you more of a top end doesn't it so if if you're just running 10 weeks of marathon pace and say your marathon pace is three minutes 30 per k and you're going out you're doing four by 4k and and you're doing 20k long runs at or 20k tempos at 335 or whatever you your top end becomes sort of 330 like that's the only sort of pace that you're running and everything outside of that mechanically feels like a stretch and so if you mechanically have a top end of 330 and you go to the marathon and you're running at your mechanical top end then as soon as you get fatigued you're going to get you you're going to drop your pace down and, and, and so the, your top-end mechanical pace shouldn't be 330, shouldn't be marathon pace. And I think that's where the big, biggest benefit is. Like, you become more efficient, like you, you said, Croaks. You become more efficient and you can mechanically run at marathon pace a lot more comfortably. And, and I, think it, I don't think it, that's overrated at all. I think it's underrated, actually. Yeah. I, I see so many people chasing fucking Strava glory with massive workouts. And, and ignoring the, the faster stuff because it's just not it's gone out of favor it's not sexy anymore the big stuff sexy and and I, I, I like to go back and at least once a fortnight do something at 5k pace well, the road to Berlin boys like I had Rob doing you know some form of speed work well yeah speed work yeah, like every week work. yeah um, yeah and, and the other thing I like about it in a marathon block especially if you're training with a group is it allows that person to still be part of the group, which I think is a massive component as well. If you're just stuck on your own training for a marathon and everything you do is long and slow and everybody else is training for 10K races, like they're not going to be joining in on those sessions. And so if you're doing some 400-meter reps or some 600s or 800s, you can still be part of the group and you're still getting you know physiological benefit as well. Strides yep. and uh, hill strides as well. Good for that. Yep. yep. Doesn't have to be a full-on workout. That, that, that's real speed work. Like mm. That's a sprinter's speed work is those 10, 15-second heel reps. But it doesn't have to be at 100%. Do you know what no, I mean? No, you can I'm treat thinking. them like bounding. Treat yeah. them like a plyometric. I, that's another thing people get wrong is when like true speed work should be more plyo-type explosiveness, not like repeats. 
if you yeah. if you want to go to the hills, don't think of it like I'm going to do an aerobic workout. Like bound up them yeah. with power and then walk down. I more meant like say you're doing you know eight by twenty second strides. You don't just because they're twenty seconds. It doesn't have to be like sprint as far as you can in twenty seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah, if you can yeah. hit them at 3k pace in training that still feels bloody fast and it's going to be way quicker than your marathon pace feel better at the end of them too oh man yeah strides are great aren't they and work your way into it that kind of stuff but you don't want to like be heavy for marathon training think you got to go out of the blocks as hard as you can in your first stride and then do a calf well, because if you, if you put this question to your deeks and your monitors say speed work overrated for the marathon they're like have you seen what I do on a Tuesday? I go and do quarters or I do a monofartlek and, you know, uh, Mona's running significantly faster than marathon pace for monofartlek. Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> Thursdays he's doing the 400s or the K reps or, or miles. Yeah. Saturday he's running a hard, like hills. threshold type workout. So. But that yeah. hilly stuff they would do, they would nearly sprint up the hill as hard as they could, wouldn't they? Yeah, that was hard. It yeah. was above thresh. It was race effort, basically. Yeah. It was, um, or it was a cross country race, really. Mm. Yep. Good question, Brett. Enjoyed that one. Moose on the loose. Um, well, yeah. Interesting one. Do you know what? I ran my Saturday workout and my, I set it up in my garment before I started. I had intervals on, unstructured rest. I think it was no unstructured interval and I ran a the six minute interval and then the rest was open. So I just pressed lap again to start because I didn't know exactly how much rest I was going to take. And then when I put it on the Strava, it's, it ha- it's somewhere in the middle, my average of just my moving time and my overall time. My overall pace was 340. And my moving pace would have been something like 315, 316, I reckon. But it's given me 325. Mm. So I don't know how it's worked that out. So it's like when I've been fully stationary, it's counted me as not moving. And so it hasn't added that to the, the average. But if I've been walking, it's counted that. I think that's what's happened. Yeah, I have the same thing happen. If I'm at the track and I'm not doing a lot in between reps, there'll be a distinct difference between the session time and the overall time. But I haven't, I haven't stopped my watch. I've just pressed like lap. But when obviously that, when the watch detects that you've stopped for some reason, it affects the whole average pace for the, for the session. Yeah. Because after our chat last week, we had a lot of people writing in saying they're not doing this intentionally. This is what actually happens. Well, we had a yeah. lot of stuff, different stuff coming in. Some people are like, I stop my watch and then you can still see the elapsed time. So then they know when to go again to start their watch. But Other that, people said the programmed workouts are doing what yours did on this workout. Yeah, I think the programmed workouts, like I'm going to pay that. But during that 400 workout, when I was hitting lap, hit lap to end the rep, then you walk around and then you hit lap to start the next rep. So because that wasn't a structured workout, yours elapsed time and workout yeah, time yeah, wasn't different. that's right. But ah, so it's when you program them into your watch. I think so. However, there's some people saying that it's actually easier to stop your watch. Now, I, th- I was thinking that during the workout, and I'm like, no possible way. They do the math. Would maths. that be easier to stop the fucking watch 
work go back to the data screens. No, nah, they reckon it says it on there. They don't have to. But if you've got it set up, it counts down for you. You have a look and it's like 30 seconds and then you look down, it's 29 seconds. And so you know exactly how long you've got to go. Yeah, but and then you it hit... starts beeping with five seconds to go if you've, if you've you know, set it up in your watch. If you finish a 400 though and hit stop and then the time is 9.27 and 38 seconds, you just know you're going at 9.28 and 38 seconds. Right. Yeah, but if, but if I press <laughs> lap and I have and I have lap time, oh, yeah, that's what I it do. goes Same up thing. one, two, three, four, five, up to like, then you know, I go again at a minute and yeah. press lap when it gets to a minute. On the same, way. or 50 yeah. seconds or 30 or whatever you're doing, yeah. yeah. There's some people spending a lot of money on GPS watches that need to actually read the um, instructions booklet, I reckon. I think they would move. They're actually about... doing more complicated stuff though, aren't they? Well, if you yeah, they're programming over compl- it in, yeah. complicating it. We the got dif- the shortcut. I think they move with the difference in moving time and elapsed time. If you then go into your laps, like that's a true reflection of what's happened. Yes, it, correct. Yeah, so that that's all there. It's just the overall when you look at Strava, it says okay, you've run this distance. This is your moving time, and this is your average, and that's going to be different to. Uh, the reality, yeah. but if you actually click into laps, that will give you exactly what you've done for each interval and each recovery. But if you're a tight ass like Ryan Crammery and you don't pay your Strava fees, oh, then you're on your <laughs> yeah, both of you tight asses. So then you, you there is no laps option when you're on your phone. Mm. I can't go in and click view workout. No, there's no workout there to view. That's so, why I look at pretty much. All, so I hardly ever look at Strava on my phone. It's always on my computer. And so it doesn't matter whether somebody has um, paid for Strava or not. You can access everybody's laps on the desktop. Yeah. Should we yeah. making it easier, not harder? Because i got a question on one of my runs about why do you upload the warm-up and cool-down uh, separately? That's easy. That's yeah. an easy Come answer. Come on. You're kidding me, right? No, no, no. It was a genuine question. Do you want me to read it out? No, they were taking the piss. But it's the same. No, yeah, some people so do it. So Nate's Pierce I ran with, he uploads it all as one. So yeah. is Archie. It does my head in. you got to then click in it, look at the laps. There's a the theory in our group. The theory is that if you've uploaded warm-up and cool-down as well as your workout, you've had a really shit workout and you don't want people to click on it and see it. <laughs> you don't want to isolate it on Strava and bring attention to it. It can really fade into the background if you're doing warm-up, cool-downs mm. and... No, no, I'm going to go the it. other way. Watch this, though, because when Nath Pierce uploads this, his workout from our Tuesday workout, we did exactly the same thing, comes out at 19.5K. My, like the workout part of it was 11.3. If I was to upload 19.5K at 3.47, I reckon I'd get more kudos than if I just no. upload 11.3 at 3.25s. What was his pace for 19 point whatever? 3.47s. And you? Uh, 3.25s for 11. Yeah. Mate, I'm not kudos. I know, but, the, no, but you look at how many kudos you got for your track workout. Mm. They people, it doesn't work the algorithm. People don't respect it. I think it you just clogs like my track workout. No, I do. I respect that doing twenty by four hundred is a thing, but because it comes out at like slow average pace and not like it's only eight k worth of work, doesn't get the same kudos as if you put your warm up and cool down together with it. No, I like, that's not on. I know I like it's not, but that's what a society on Strava's doing. Well, the reason I've always done it is so I can go back and compare, like if I'm doing a monofartlek or something like yeah, that's that, what I said. For, for the 20 minutes, what have I averaged for that fartlek? Or so, same with like the athletes that I coach. If I want to go back and, and say they've done a 30-minute a tempo and they've got K splits on, like it's okay if they've set it up where it's like 
um, you know, just the one segment of 30 minutes for the tempo. I can click on their laps and see what they've averaged for that. But if they've just had K splits on for the whole 30-minute tempo, like I've got to do a hell of a lot of maths to work out what they've actually run for it. So, I, yeah, I prefer to have just the session showing on its own for that reason, to be able to analyse things a bit easier. Yeah, yeah. Well, I agree with you 100%. Like, because the warm-up and cool-downs, I don't care about that. Mm. I just did say earlier that my cool-down was, a, or my warm-up was a slower pace than what I was hoping it was going to be. But really, it doesn't. I never think, oh, geez, I was flying when I was warming up at four tenths. Like, it's what the quality of the workout is that means the most to me. Mm, yeah. I think people are scared of clogging up the Strava feed. <laughs> Clog it up. Do what you want. Well, look at Paddy Stowe. He clogs it up with bloody strides. Yeah, I don't know about strides. Yeah, I don't know about that either. But... No, the strides are a definite no. <laughs> strides will get you a fucking unfollow for me. <laughs> I never even include, like, say I'm going out for a 35-minute run and I'm doing strides at the end. I don't even, like, include the strides in that that run itself. I'll stop my watch after 35 minutes save it and then just do strides oh, mate so, what about your weekly mileage uh i don't care that so my strides never get included oh really well even strike well do your strides pre-session come up yeah yeah yeah. so if you click well, on... you, you have that you, you keep your warm-up going for your strides so i do my warm-up get back to the car pause my watch change my shoes do drills and then i'll start my watch when i start the stride and then hit lap button and then jog around for a minute and then hit my watch again when i do another stride what do you do, Moose? Do you, do you save? Do, do you just finish your warm up and then save it and then just do your strides? Mm. Yeah, I look. I'm half and half. Occasionally, if I've forgotten to stop my watch and and actually save the run at the car before I head down to the workout spot, I'll just add a few strides onto that warm up before I do the the, the workout. But if I'm not, if I've already saved it, then it just they happen without being recorded. Yeah. Hey, you got it. all the mileage counts towards the totals, boys. Um, so have you actually got a moose on the loose or we just addressed them last week's? Yeah, I don't really, know. Nah. Good, good discussion. Something that, something that annoyed me the other day. Um, just one thing. <laughs> yeah, there's a few things that I can't really, like, there's a few things we'll let go. I need to start writing these things down, Moose, because there'll be something on on our message group you'll, like, crack the shits about. I know. And then we get to Monday night and I'm like, what was Moose cracking the shits about during the week? <laughs> hey, I gotta let it. I gotta let some things go. You can't. There's there's certain topics that are out of bounds. You know, I can't. I can't start getting personal on here. Well, we want to come back next week, don't we? Coming back yeah, for that, sure. We're reaching a broader audience. Actually, we had a surgeon in the store the other day. Asked us to um, keep the language a bit more um, kid friendly because his kid listens. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've got the little E, like, for explicit content on the Yeah, on the I know, show. but he's like, kid loves it. But... Oh, his kid loves it, okay. Yeah, no, don't, kid doesn't love the swearing, but he's like, hey, <laughs> the kid loves the podcast, I, lo- I like it too. I just don't want the kid hearing you say, like, fuck all the time. <laughs> I thought his kid was like two or three, like, just a kid in the backseat. Oh, no. Nah, nah. A natural kid listener. Um, yeah, we probably should work on that. You want to hear some whispers? Got it loaded up here. Croaks, I might need your help with the first one. Do you mind reading it for me? Because I'm not great at reading. This one's, this one's, this one's right, coming so from Canada. Read this one out. Come to your inbox and mine today. No, I reckon we should I reckon we should give credit to the person that sent it to us. What do you reckon? Oh, no? What's, nah. it's, 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 
Isn't this out there? This is out there, though. Nah, I wouldn't if I was you. All we right. can cut it out, but this is coming from a... Yeah, I All wouldn't. Right. All right. So the Canadian site Athletics Illustrated cited comments from anti-doping agency of Kenya head Sarah Shaboot um, that a major doping shock is coming. At the end of this month, so I'm assuming November, uh, we'll sanction numerous athletes across part of our strategy in fighting the vice as we prepare for the 2024 Olympic Games in Paris, France. We want to send clean athletes to the Olympics to avoid the shame the nation has received in recent major championships. She said that ADAK is getting better at finding the athletes they need to find. We are now getting to know their in brackets, athletes in hiding information. We are gathering information about their training camps, their coaches, and their managers. But be warned, a shock is coming. 50 names as well, I saw in an article. They're going to release yeah. 50 names at the end of November. And supposedly, um, well, probably a, a, couple of, a couple of big dogs, maybe. Yeah, well, if you're going to say that, be warned, a shock is coming. That has to be mm. one of the top dogs. Yeah. Wait and see. But I wonder if it's like, because I, when we received this today, Brady, I sort of emailed back and I was just like, I wonder if it's, you know, one of the, you know, there's probably what, five or six like really big names in Kenya, distance running. You say, five. you say that, but there's also a whole heap of them of around like 203, 204. Yeah. That are significant performers, but maybe not globally big names. But to me, it's more about like, I feel like, but be warned, a shock is coming. Almost like Lance Armstrong, mm. you know, announcement for cycling. Mm, stay tuned. Mm. I hope so. I like it. Like I want to see some names go. I want to get some like some of the major public seeing this. I think if we can get this in the main newspapers and on TV about the big names going down and how rotten it can can be in the sport, then it might force it all to get cleaned up. Yeah. I'm not, I think there's only two or three big names that will go mass media. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. The, uh, yeah. So, well, I guess we can, like, name the names because I'm not saying that they're doping, but, like, if someone like Kipchoge was done, Kipton that's the, was that's done. That's the top one, isn't it, Kipchoge? Kipchoge. That would be Kipton. the biggest shock. Yeah. I reckon even someone like Kip Yeagon, though. Yeah. Um, would be another big one. Um, Beatrice Chabet, like, you know, she's the reigning, well, she's the what, world cross-country champion at the moment. Um, Tim Chariot, maybe not such a big dog at the moment compared to, you know, a few years ago, but they're probably like the top five that I can think of off the top of my head that would, you know, make a few waves. Mm. But I'm obviously not saying that it's going to be one of them, but... Can you who who else would be bigger than those five? Do you reckon? No, that's all they're pretty much it. Yeah. yeah, I don't think we're seeing a top five go. Be warned, Moose, a shock is coming. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, there are no top fives going. That's for sure. They look after the top fives. Yeah, wait and see the end of November. A uh, couple more whispers. I got some people on the ground doing some work for me in Melbourne. Melbourne, yeah. Just keep an eye out what the if you're in an area where you see big top Australian distance runners jogging around and they're wearing different kit at the moment. There might be a few movements going on with different brands, different con- – is it contract season, Moose? You know more about this than me? Oh, everyone's on their own schedule for contract okay. season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I've just, just had a couple of sightings of some big athletes in different kit. 
So I'm just, um, can't say too much yet because I want to verify it, but just some good sources coming into my DMs. Just on that, just on contracts and how it all works, would you, would it be fair to say that like the sort of bigger dog athletes, their contracts work more on like potentially an Olympic cycle, whereas the the tier under that and maybe more of a year by year? I think it depends a little on the agent and um, how long they can get out of a, mm. a particular brand for their athlete. I know long contracts are, are quite good for an athlete who's maybe more established, whereas perhaps shorter contracts for an up-and-comer can work well because once they make their breakthrough, they can renegotiate quickly. Yeah, yeah. Because I was chatting to a few people here in Canberra that are on contracts and they were sort of locked up until the end of the next Olympics sort of. Yeah. Well, yeah, to the end of the next Olympics. I, I don't think most many people will be changing brands or changing contracts before an Olympics. I reckon most of them will have like the... The, uh, the what do you call it? The re the reviews after the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing I talked about is Paul Robinson last week potentially taking up a coaching job in Australia. A whisper come in today about a big brand potentially take like creating slash taking over a big training group in Australia. Anything across your desk about that one? No. Nothing. No, these whispers are real specific. Very good source. This one's come from. Yeah. Very specific. I haven't. Keep going, be, mate. Yeah, I just yeah just heard some a big some big names. Maybe one of your mates, uh, Moose, as the head coach. And yeah, yeah. Matt Gunther. Yeah, not quite Matty Gunther. Getting close though. Yeah. Can't say Moose too much, but just I'll just put those whisperings out there and working on them. I'll keep working on them in the next couple of weeks. I won't stop whispering. And just um yeah, we'll keep seeing what's what's gonna come in the inbox. But a few things just burning away in the background. What's coming up, okay. fellas? What do you got happening, Grokes? Uh what do I have happening? Not a great deal, a bit of work. Uh just getting this house ready for auction. So our like investment properties going for auction in the start of December. So we're down doing some stuff yesterday underneath the house to fix up the building report. So yeah, a bit more of that. Um You've been yeah, able to tools yourself. Well, we had to go under and pick. So, you know how they do, like, building reports when they're, you know, you're going to sell a house? So they found a heap of, like, just timber offcuts underneath Viv's, like, house that she owned because um, it was one of those older houses that was sort of built up on bricks on, you know, on stilts or whatever it is. And, um, yeah, so we could have paid somebody to go and do it um, or just go under ourselves. So we went over yesterday afternoon <laughs> underneath the house and had to, yeah, pull out all of these sort of timber off cuts, which uh, there's not a lot of space underneath the house. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit sore today. Getting dirty. It was real blue collar, real dirty. I like yeah. that from you. Moose, what are you coming up between now and next week? I'm going to Melbourne for the conference. Oh, yeah, good luck so with that. So we've got our, our little conference. So uh, changing things around, not as much product showing and more dialing into some tech, some of the um, – overseas shoe designers going straight to the headquarters that kind of stuff so it's going to be really interesting going to be seeing a few new shoes that i haven't seen yet seen so haven't seen the range yet from new balance and, and hawker so i'll see those and then uh see nike's range which i've seen a few um catalogs for on like online catalogs with some interesting stuff pretty cool 
but we hope we're going to have a, a chat with Nike as well, and hopefully they give us some more insights into their product. Who are you working to, out with down there or jogging with? Uh, probably the crew, probably the team. We'll get roll out together. Oh, your staff. Yeah, okay. Well, not my staff, no, but it's the um, running running company. Yeah. Everyone from oh, the running everyone. company. You got Max Stevens. He owns the Adelaide store now. Yeah, you I know knew that? that actually. Yeah. So he'll be there. I'll dust him up. Much better marathoner than Max Stevens. Um, <laughs> uh, who, there's a lot of fast people now, actually. Max was definitely going to be the fastest, but now he got a business. He'll be slow forever. Who else is there? This, yeah, I don't know. Could be it. Okay. Thought you might have been catching up with Zaka. Do a jog with him or two. Zaka goes out too late. Zaka is up all night on the on his mobile phone. So I can't like I've got to run early. I got work to do. He's going to be tired. He goes to bed at like three a.m. Didn't he stand you up last time you were in Melbourne for the? Weren't you oh, going yeah, to run with right. him before Melbourne Marathon? Was, he said, "Hey Moose, you want to run?" And then two minutes later, I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "Oh, we already left." <laughs> yeah. Right. Cool. Thanks, Zaka. Um, this is real calm before the storm this week, isn't it? Because the week after is Valencia, Zadpec, Fukuoka. Oh, it's going to be the best watch. Oh, it's going to be I such a great weekend, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What is what day is that actually? Let me write that in my diary. It's like it's second, be the third sun. of December, isn't it? Yeah. So, Fuk- well, yeah. So Zadpec will be Saturday night, and then I guess around lunchtime or early afternoon you'll have Fukuoka. On Sunday, that is. And then at like 5 o'clock or something, Sunday night, you'll have Valencia. It's going to be so good. good. So good. Did you see the Valencia elite fields? 150 men, sub 220. 63 Hmm. ladies, under 230, plus like 20 debuts who are probably capable of that. It's going to be incredible. Valencia has like exploded since because i remember in 2018 when i was going to go over there and they had that program for like sub 220 runners so if you had broken 220 you were they're going to put you up for a couple of nights um and then you're guaranteed payment if you ran i think it was a pb um but like the fact now you've got 150 sub 220 men like there wouldn't there was yeah would have been i don't know 50 maybe back then it's crazy. Incredible. All right, boys. Let's uh, leave it at that. We've got a very special guest coming on now, Bree and Viv. Your two better halves are going to be talking about some Lululemon product that they've been reviewing. Absolutely smash these reviews. Goes for about half an hour. They do a bit of a catch-up with their own running and stuff, what they've been up to in life. I think they say it's the first time they've been on air together since the Road to Berlin days. I don't know if we'll ever get an opportunity opportunity to review anything again, boys. They did such a good job. They were very thorough with it, yeah. Were you listening in the room when they did it? Yeah, I, yeah, because I think Viv was pretty nervous. Um, but, yeah, she did, did a pretty good job, I thought. Pretty good. So tune in for that one. See us all next week. See ya. Hi, I'm Viv Craig's wife, and I'm joined by Bree, Jillian's better half, and to be honest, the MVP of the running company, Geelong. How are you going, Bree? Oh, I like that. That Thank little you. addition was cool. Um, Thank I'm you. really good, thanks. <laughs> How are you going? Good. Really well, really well. Sick kids, but um, apart from that, life's pretty good.
yeah, it's always um, it's almost like an in- inevitable sort of um, hurdle when you have young kids. There's always mm. a week of sickness that's anywhere around the corner. Mm-hmm. We yeah. actually haven't spoken or like had a little podcast chat since 2017 when we were on the Road to Berlin series. Wow, that's so long ago. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I was Not only, that I've I only... um, missed it, but that's um, it's nice to talk to you again. Thank you. You too. Um, how is your running going? I um, Brad told me that the Geelong Pussycats have uh, moved up to Div One next year. Yeah, so yeah, um, yeah. It was this um, this last year's been um, it's been fun actually. Like doing uh, a cross country season for the first time. Um, I've kind of always shied away from cross country. I've never really enjoyed it, um, or probably just avoided it more because I didn't think that I would enjoy it. Um, but yeah, running for Geelong um, and our, our girls' team, we just kind of called ourselves the Pussycats. We had a really strong team this year. Um, we were able to fill a few divisions, so it was yeah, it was really good. Um, and running's going well. Uh, just uh, staving away a few injuries, um, and same with us having a few sicknesses in the house as well. So um, just making the most of the opportunities to get out when you can. That's great. And yeah. you're even doing, um, you're even setting new PBs as well, post kids <laughs> and sickness and everything else, moving houses. You, uh, I hear you did really well in your uh, half marathon in Melbourne the other weekend. Yeah, that was unexpected actually. Um, but, yeah, it's I think some of those ones when you just take the pressure off um, and you just sort of go out and have a crack, they're the ones that kind of come together the, the best on the day. Um, so, that was yeah, that was a heap of fun. How about you? You're doing some running? Yeah. I'm I'm trying to get back into it. I have to admit, after having the two kids, my um, urge to get back running wasn't very high and I have been quite lazy, but um, I've I've been building up and then sickness will happen or then Brad's heart happened this year and so Mm. I haven't really wanted to go out running as much, but I sort of decided that I need to do it just for my own sort of mental health and just a little bit of me time because mm, so having important. yeah having the kids at home and I love them but also I just need me time um mm, so absolutely. yeah so my um my running journey is uh it's pretty easy it's just a, a two-week cycle or combination of like a fartlek and tempos or um three minute reps and then the heels I alternate between that every two weeks just to slowly build my fitness up and eventually hopefully maybe look at doing some races next year maybe some 10ks maybe half marathon but mm. sticking very um uh, not not going anywhere near the marathon for a while until I really get a few more years underneath my belt just continuous running mm. that's such a wise decision and I think as well just you know having a busy lifestyle a busy schedule being a parent um like whatever you're doing sort of at home as well like all that sort of adds up and it's stress on the body and I think like a 10k and a half marathon um it's it's so achievable to train for those distances and still give it a really good hot crack um you Mm. can still you can still go really hard and you can still have a really good go and it's just so much easier to kind of fit that training in into a into time frame so um I think that's a really good idea and and then you know as the kids get older opening up a little bit of extra time and um maybe Brad retires from running so you get a (laughs) yeah you get a priority um and bring on the marathon that sounds nice but uh let's be honest I don't think he's ever going to stop running I mean he's had almost like heart attacks this year and it still hasn't stopped him running um but yeah I think he definitely will slow down eventually and then I will be able to take the time for me 
and go for runs and he can look after the kids and ferry the kids to school sports and play dates as much as he won't like to do that. <laughs> but um, I guess we're lucky here. We're lucky enough to be sent a range of items to trial for Lululemon. Um, so we might as well get started with that. Um, firstly, Brie, what did they send you to look at? Mm, yeah, so I got a few um a few garments in my kit. It was actually really nice to receive a parcel and have Lululemon branded all over it and have this little surprise come in the mail. That was, um, that made my day actually. So I received four pieces. Um, I received a, um, a bra, a pair of shorts, um, a race tank and a tee. Um, so I think we're going to kind of delve into each of those pieces in a little bit more detail. Um, but I have been loving my pieces. I've actually, um, I do own a fair bit of Lululemon um, oh. running kit already. So um, to receive this was really exciting just because a few of my favourite pieces are in here. So, um, yeah, you can never have too much running kit. That's a really good point because I was going to ask you, do you wear Lululemon? Because I don't. And so this is the first time that I've actually uh, received Lululemon or I've actually, yeah, got um, some Lululemon to try on. I think I was always a little bit um, turned off Lululemon. I just felt like it wasn't really, it didn't really support my body shape, especially post-kids. Post um, I always thought, yeah, it just wasn't really me. But, um, yeah, I'm the same. I got... Uh, I got a bra to try on. I got the race tank to try on, the shorts and some tights. And I have to say when I tried them on, they felt amazing. Uh, really, really uh, loved the feel of them on my body. And we'll dive a little bit deeper into each product in a moment. Yeah, beautiful. Um, so first off, uh, let's talk about something in common. We both got the race tank what is it the fast and free race length tank and did you get yours in bone um so I got in black actually um yeah so um I'm actually a sucker for black um I can't really do the nude colors my skin um, my skin doesn't handle that very well um but the race tank is something that I've actually been wearing a lot um we've had a few humid mornings down here on the coast and um I think now like just with the season changing, it's pretty much um, a given that you're going to be going out in, um, you know, short sleeves to no sleeves at all. So um, on those sort of those slightly warmer mornings, um, I actually wore this on my long run on Sunday uh, and it was just perfect. The breathability of the fabric is um, amazing and it isn't a slightly cropped cut as well. So um, it's a little bit of a sort of a boxier straight line um, with a crop hem um, and yeah, the, the fabric is just so light that you don't even realise that it's sitting on your body. Um, it is relatively seamless as well. So the neckline's seamless. Um, the hem is seamless. So it is just a really beautiful, lightweight product. Um, and the breathability is just, yeah, it, it's it's really awesome. I love it. I agree. Um, How have you been going? Yeah, so uh, today was the first time I actually wore the tank because uh, it hasn't really been warm enough to wear it. Um but, yeah, I totally agree. It just felt so buttery and smooth. And I was a little bit apprehensive of the uh, the little high-rise crop at the top going, oh, that's a bit short because, you know, traditionally you've sort of had sort of the one length mm. uh, hem or it's been um, like scooped or what do you call it, like a, mm -hmm. like a nice little U-shaped at the front and the back. But um, 
it went really, really well. I loved the breathability because it was a bit warmer here today and it was, did feel a little bit humid that I felt like it wasn't sticking to mm. my skin, which I, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, you, but I hate when you have the running clothes and it feels like it's sticking to your body. It just mm. doesn't make you feel good and I know it doesn't really look great either. Yeah, it definitely doesn't look good. <laughs> no, no, but um, even actually after wearing it today, it still feels real light and breathable like mm. um it doesn't like the moisture wicking yeah it's um because I did have a bit of a sweat in it 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 doesn't feel wet at all which is, I was really surprised with and it's a really nice feature of the tank and I think because I got it in the bone color and I am the same with you I do like the color black mm-hmm. um but the bone it worked really nicely against my other um my other lululemon gear I had the nice navy tights and navy shorts but i also would feel comfortable just putting this over um just anything else and taking going out to the shops or going for a walk with friends um it just looks really really nice and it feels really comfortable as well yeah, I think, um, you know, one aspect of Lululemon um, in all their range is just how classy a lot of the garments are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just going to hold this up. I don't know if we're using video or not, but like just the breathability, maybe it's this side, mm-hmm. you can kind of see patterns through the fabric um, and you can sort of see how breathable that fabric is. And it's it just really feels that against the skin. And you're absolutely right in like, I hate anything sticking to me as soon as I start to sweat. Um, just having that feel of your clothes sticking to you is just an absolute turn off. So um, the fact that you can sweat in a product and it just wicks that moisture away without sticking to your body, um, that's a winner for me. Perfect. And I should actually say, what do you look for personally when you are purchasing uh, running apparel? Yeah, so um, I I mean, I think we're in a little bit of a luxurious position with um, just having so much um, running gear at our fingertips. So for us, um, you know, a lot of this, the product that we sort of range ourselves in the store is kind of what I grab. Um, I'm also one to kind of not... Um, I kind of hold on to my running gear for a fair, fairly long time. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I just wash and wear and wash and wear and wash and wear. Um, so I think in terms of the quality of the product, the quality of the materials is something that is really important. Um, and also after washing the product and wearing it a few times, how well that garment stays in shape um, and mm. how it keeps feeling with repetitive wears and there's Mm. nothing worse than um especially shorts or tights or a product that you're wearing on the bottom half um just having that feel loose baggy saggy um all of those things that you just don't want your your shorts to feel like over Mm -hmm. um you know a month or two of wearing so um just quality like quality quality materials quality fits um and also it has to look good Definitely agree. I agree with you. Uh, what I look for is has to look good, has to be comfortable and practical, which uh, their gear certainly is when you definitely talk about the bottom half with the range of pockets that they have. But um, moving on to the next one, you also received a running bra. Mm-hmm. Could you tell me which one that you got? Yeah, so I got the high energy um, bra. Um, so it's, um, I guess it's designed um, for medium impact um, training. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. 
um, I think you got a different one to me, didn't you? You got a higher neck one, yeah. Um, so it does have a scoop neckline. It does have these really nice um, open sort of airy straps at the back. Um, there's mm-hmm. no clasp, which I actually love. So it's just a pull-on yeah. crop. Um, so I'm not really one for like clipping up the back of your bra. Um, just the fact that you can pull it on over the head. Um, there's enough stretch in the the product to be able to do that. Um, but then also enough support to um, to keep you feeling supported and locked down um through the bust um i also love i'm i don't know about many other people but i actually also love that this has um these little tiny pockets on the inside for the removable liner so there is actually a little cup liner in both sides of the bra um i like that just gives me an extra sense of support um Mm. so i actually really like those um i know some women would probably prefer to take that out um if they maybe are a little bit busty Mm. Um, you know, they don't want any extra bulk, but it, it does just feel like it gives me a little bit of support. Um, same kind of deal with this in terms of like putting it on. Actually, <clears throat> I wish I did just get it. In. It's a slightly little bit too small for me. Um, so yeah, my sizing in this bra, um, kind of just didn't quite correlate to the rest of the products, but, um, if one size up would be actually absolutely amazing. Um, it is just a little bit, um, firmer around just my ribs. Um, but maybe that adds to the support too. So maybe it is um it is a good option to go that little bit firmer um but yeah I've been actually really loving it um, how about you Viv? have you yeah. been going with the higher neck one yeah so I traditionally would go more of a scoop neck like you mm. um but then what I got sent was the high neck and when I talk about the high neck it actually goes up just underneath my neck so I did notice that they do have one that kind of goes about collarbone where this one goes really quite high which I was a little bit oh that's that's different um I will agree with the firmness. Maybe I actually got the wrong size as well. It did feel a little bit tight on my bust, but it also, when I went for, when I go for runs in it, it actually added to the support. So it's not like I can't go running in it. Um, I actually can, and it feels really comfortable as it does say like on the product that it is a medium high like a medium impact, um, mm. but it definitely didn't feel like a medium impact. It felt like I was nice and secure nothing was going to fly out anywhere and it was actually (laughs) I know especially after having kids things change um but it um it felt really really lovely to wear and also I don't actually do this because I don't have the confidence to do it but if you were going for a walk with friends or around the lake and you was a bit hot and you just wanted to take off your shirt, this crop would also feel like a nice sort of mm. crop that you can actually just go, oh, okay, I'm going to take off my shirt, go for mm. keep walking and no one's going to bat an eyelid. It's quite modest. Everything yeah, a little bit more coverage. A little bit more coverage, exactly. Beautiful. It's got the same, same as you at the back, the nice uh, racing strap. I've never owned a running bra that has the a running clip. I've always had pullover mm. crops um, so that, that was uh, normal for me. The only thing I would say, and it could also be the sizing, is that for me, one of the shoulders just feels a little bit more tight. It sort of feels like when you wear a, a handbag, if you have a handbag and it's just on one shoulder and you just feel like that shoulder is just a bit weighing down and heavy and it could just be that it might just be a size small because at the ends of my runs, I feel like, oh, it feels like I've just been walking around the shops with a handbag on my shoulder and just one side feels a little bit bit sore and heavy. But apart from that, the um, the fabric was lovely. Everything felt supported. I do love that little extra 
um, as you mentioned before, the little slit that you can either take uh, the, the padded cup in or out. Um, I haven't actually washed it yet. Gross. I know, but it's only been... <laughs> Um, it's only been the second time that I've worn it uh, this this week, um, so I'm interested to see how it actually goes in the wash. Yeah, I um I wash mine and I just find so I just actually um I wash it with the cups in. I'm actually not sure, like I haven't read uh, too much into it, and um I wash it with the cups in, but they do fold over in the wash. So I just um open them up and flatten them out and lay it to dry. Um, but yeah, I um I like the actual the versatility of the one that you got with the high neck, just having that option to be able to kind of run in the crop or not. Um, mm. I do like a modest, a more modest cut in my crop if I'm going to sort of take my singlet off during a run or whatever. Um, if I did that in this, I'd feel like I'm wearing my bikinis. I think so. Um, yeah, I think just in terms of like just preferences for wearing under or over, not over clothes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> depending on if you're going to wear um, a smaller crop with a singlet or a um, yeah a longer sort of more modest cut like you said and, and take that layer top layer off um, there's some versatility with those two so that's um, that's that's perfect mm. um, the next one we should move on to I guess will be the shorts we both also received the same uh, far, what is it called maybe fast and, um, fast fast and free, free. Yep. yeah Rafe uh, high rise shorts did you get the six inch ones too Yep, the six inch. Yep. So Look I got this blue. Color. Wow. Yeah. What color? Wow. What is that? What color is that? Um, it's just this really iridescent blue. It's beautiful. Yeah. I actually don't know what color um, Lululemon call it, but um, I actually do have another pair of these um, already that I previously owned, and it was in um, the previous version of this color. So um, as soon as I received this color, I was loving it. Um, mm. So I'm just actually jumping on to see. They call it Pipe Dream Blue, and it is beautiful. Um, this light doesn't mm. do it justice, but it is awesome. I actually. Um, I've always been a lover of black shorts. Yeah. Um, this season I have gone all different colored shorts and just kept with a black top. Um, oh, actually, nice. yeah. Um, you've got to be a bit careful with some colored shorts in terms of like how much you're sweating. Um, yeah. So some, <laughs> some uh, moisture uh, patterns do show up on some colors, but I actually found these um, to not have that issue yet. Um, we're not in the depth of summer, but um I love these shorts. These are the best running shorts I own. Um, I also have them without a pocket as well. So I already own some. Um, yeah. And there is a few sort of details that I really love about the, the pocket shorts. So um, I actually really love the high rise. So mm. um, the, the high rise for me, um, I have like I just have this extra sense of comfort and support with my shorts when they do just come up a little bit higher. Um, so I would say they come up to belly button height. Like I'm not sure sort of how you feel about the height of the the um, the short, but around sort of belly button-ish waist height. Um, and just with that six-inch leg seam as well, that um, it's short but it's not too short and it's not long. Mm -hmm. um, and what I really love about the Lulu shorts compared to any other tight short I've worn is that they do not ride up my legs. Oh, so there's where yeah. we differ. Differ because yeah. I wanted to love, as soon as I opened these up, I was like, yes, yes, these are my tights. Like I, I can't wait to try them on. And I tried them on. They felt amazing. Did you know, Brie, that there are seven pockets in these shorts? Yeah, I actually haven't counted them. 
Um, no, I, I was just the... um, going yeah. around and I was like, there's actually a lot of pockets in the waistband there's and then you get your two pockets. on the legs. Yeah. Yeah, two nice like deep ones on the legs and then four like on the waistband, which, you know, it's great if you're like in training for a marathon or a half marathon, you would put your gels, your keys, your credit cards, any other personal items for a woman if you need to put that anywhere. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that that I only found out that there were seven pockets tonight. I thought it was just maybe three or four. Um, but, yeah, I really wanted to love these shorts. I wanted to give them like a 10, of a 10, 10 out of a 10. But I wore them for a session and they felt great running down to the session. But as soon as I started doing like a faster leg turnover, one side started to creep up. And then once that side started to creep up, that's all my mind could think about and feel was just that creeping up leg, um, which was a real shame. But then I wore them again today on just like an easy jog, did not creep up, but I did mm. actually put a little bit of a weight in the other side. So I had two weights in the pockets um, uh, just yeah, to okay. counterbalance. But they, I did wear them um, after that for the rest of the day. Like we took the um, just walking around outside um, with the kids and they didn't ride up and they felt fantastic so I, I don't know if it was just maybe the the quicker leg turnover for me um that they rode up and maybe it's just because I'm a bit, bit more shapely um my legs are just a different different shape but uh yeah so that was a disappointment for me for that but it could just be me yeah it's funny because um Jules and I always comment about how my bum likes to eat my shorts and um <laughs> These are the only ones that it doesn't want to eat the shorts. So um, I've just so gone really like, red. Does he like it then or is he just, is he like, oh, well, no, I, I mean, don't, really, don't really love them breathe. Like they I don't, don't really show off your bum. I don't like that my bum eats shorts, so I actually really like these. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I actually, in terms of pockets, so I alternate between um, just depending on the day or like what I'm going to be doing with the pocket and versus without the pocket. Um, mm. I love that the, um, so I wear my pocket shorts for Sunday long runs. So just pop a gel, my car key, if I'm running with the group or whatever, if I'm driving to sort of part, um, driving to meet the group um, or gels so, um, or a race day. So I actually wore my black version of the pocket short at Melbourne Half. Um, so I had a gel in, um, in each pocket as well. Um, and so I love the pockets for that. I also love the pockets for if I'm wearing um, a pair of B shorts uh, just on a daily, like as a daily um, wear um, with a T-shirt or whatever, if I'm walking out with a pram, I can just put my phone in the side pocket. Mm. Um, you can kind of just be self-sufficient with the pockets um, and not have to worry about carrying anything in your hands, which um, mm. with young children is uh, just a, it's a deal breaker, I think. Um, mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I love the shorts. Um, I uh, yeah, I've actually got a few different sizes in the shorts. I actually find the Lululemon sizing across the range just really tricky to navigate. Okay, um, so yeah. I have um, I have bought um, a few garments in just the wrong sizes, just without trying things on. Um, but I think I've kind of nailed my size in the shorts now, so I'm really happy about that. Um, but would yeah, you say, uh, would you say with your shorts that you had to go down another small, size? Yeah, smaller. Yeah, that's right. Um, so that's I've got a few pairs in a size bigger than what I got these ones. And then my last three pairs of these have been the same size, which is a size smaller. Um, I actually have another pair, which is two sizes smaller. Um, 
they're tight, but they're still wearable. Um, I think that's one thing about the high waist is you can afford to be a little bit smaller and it doesn't feel like it's cutting in anywhere. Um, it sort of sits right over the hips and it's just really comfy. Um, so yeah, I think the sizing can be really versatile, but, um, not bigger, if anything, be smaller in them. Um, yeah, that could be where I went wrong. I, um, Mm. didn't really know what size I was. So I went what size I thought I was and maybe that's my problem. Maybe I'm just a a size too big. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to explain their sizing properly, but someone said, cause it's us sizing, they use us Mm. sizing. Um, and I don't really own much like many items in, or no running. Um, I don't run like own any running items in US sizing. So I originally went um, in like the same, I kind of bought stuff thinking it was relative size to what I'd normally wear and it was just too big, um, so sizing down. So I think someone said it's four sizes smaller than what you'd normally wear. Oh, my God. I never yes. would have got that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's what someone um, said to me once before. So if you're an eight normally, you'd be a four in Lulu stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah, so the size conversion is a little bit tricky. Um, so if I just have a look on their site now, yeah, so they've got, um, so if you're generally, say, are you um, like an Australian size 10, um, you'd be a size 6 in Lulu shorts. Mm. Um, an Australian size 8, you'd choose a 4. Um, or if um, you're a 6, you'd choose a 2. So, yes, four sizes smaller than what you would normally wear um, to get that sizing right. So if that helps, um, that might be yeah a little tip there yeah great um moving on uh you also received a shirt a t-shirt mm-hmm. it's a bit what? smelly I haven't washed it since I wore it yesterday <laughs> <laughs> so okay. luckily you can't smell it through the screen but um <laughs> the um yeah did you receive the same one no so I got um some full-length tights instead yeah yeah, beautiful. Um, so the T-shirt um, is the Swiftly, uh, the Swiftly Tech short sleeve tee. Mm, um, I'm not much of a T-shirt wearer, to be honest. I'm either wearing a long sleeve or a, like a tank or a singlet. Um, I have a few T-shirts that I kind of put on just depending on. Um, but this, the short sleeve is actually just a little bit of a cap sleeve. So it's not mm. a, like a massive sleeve that comes down onto your bicep. So it's just a little bit to cover the shoulders, um, which on some of these slightly cooler mornings has been really lovely um, just to have something that's covering a little bit more skin than a singlet. Um, the fabric of their, um, I'm going to sort of equate this to um, like the dry fit knit of what Nike make um, mm-hmm. or a lot of the brands are doing like a knit fabric. Um, it's just super soft, like really, really soft. Like you mentioned before about that kind of buttery soft feel. Um, it's just so soft. And again, the wicking, um, the wicking, the moisture wicking material, it's, yeah, you don't even feel like it's it's wet at all. So um, you can wear it in like a misty rain um, or on a really humid morning and the capacity of the fabric just to wick that moisture away is awesome. Um, so, yeah, I've been really loving my tea. I think I might be a little bit of a convert to uh, this tech tea. Um, and the tights, have you been really enjoying the tights? Really like the tights. So I've already – so it's been a little bit too hot to wear the tights, but I did wear the tights to a running event last Sunday. So – that's that's sort of enough, um, but I love them. I like what you touched on with the shorts about the pockets. There again, there are seven pockets in the tights. It's pretty much the short ver- the shorts, but longer and tight version. Um, and I really like what you said about 
um, being able just to put your phone or your keys quickly in your pockets because I had the two kids with me on Sunday and I did not have free hands at all. So being able just to quickly whack my phone in my pocket, wrap my keys into my my pockets um, was really, really nice. It's a high high rise um, uh, as well. So what was what are the tights called? They're called Fast and Free High Rise Tights, 25 inch. Um, I got them in the Navy. They're again just super. I, I really love these tights. Super, super soft to feel. The pockets, the waist, the high waist. It, it's so comfortable. Um, I would agree. It's probably up to your your belly belly button height. Um, it's very flattering. Just really flattering as well. Just to mm. wear with like um, a nice like oversized shirt over the top. Um, you can either just wear it to, I felt comfortable wearing it to the running race, but also if I had to go out for a walk or whatever, I would feel like it's, it's a lovely, lovely, lovely tight. So I'm really looking forward to wearing these actually uh, next year when it gets cold here in Canberra because I don't really wear tights much um, unless it's in the minus, so probably about minus five. Apart from that, mm-hmm. Wow, you're brave. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. I get. I feel more. I feel the cold more on my upper body. So I really layer up my upper bodies and my hands and my ears because I've got such big ears, as Brad always says. Um, so I need to wear like a headband because um, that gets cold. So Lululemon, if you've got a headband, I'm here for it. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much um, my review of the four clothing. Bree, do you have anything else to add to it? Um, I don't think so. I just probably, oh, actually one thing, just wanted to touch on the fabric thickness of the tights and the shorts. So I think that's where like a lot of women um, really kind of want a a piece of clothing to wear, um, whether it is a pair of shorts or tights, that they're not going to feel um, that it's see-through. So Mm. the fabric thickness, um, I wouldn't say that it's thick fabric, but the quality of the fabric is so good that it is not at all see-through. You can kind of do like the bend and stretch test um, if you're trying them on in the fitting rooms at a Lululemon store, but um, you can put them on, you can bend over, you can use them in the gym and know that Mm. you're not going to have a a pair of shorts or a pair of tights that is see-through. So I think that's something that's really important Um, just from a female's perspective about a pair of shorts or tights just makes you feel that little bit more confident in wearing them, um, yeah. knowing that um, they're actually giving you some full coverage. That's really good uh, added mm. added content right there because, um, yeah, you don't always wear your tights running or walking. You They're, so, they're versatile. The shorts and, and, and tights are quite versatile and you wear them in everyday life and at the gym as well. Um, well, we'll wrap this up because we've been going for a lot longer than what the boys probably thought <laughs> we would have been. But a big shout-out again to uh, Lululemon for allowing us to try these items out. And I personally really, really love their um, their gear and I probably will put that on my Christmas list. So, Bradley, if you're hearing this, I want some Lululemon gear. Please. Please. Um, yeah, thanks, Bree. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, Viv. It was so nice to talk to you. And, yeah, um, huge shout-out to Lululemon um, for, yeah, giving us the opportunity to, um, to wear some more kit. It's definitely um, up there on my list of favourites. So, yeah, I've been loving it. It's been fun. Awesome. Well, nice to see you. Catch up with you later. Yeah, thanks so much, Viv. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. This episode of the Inside Running Podcast is powered by Lululemon. With 44 stores across Australia and New Zealand, You can shop the latest range either in-store or online at lululemon.com.au to find your well-being.